welcome to Mad Toast Live, recorded in front of a live audience. We're at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, right down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. We're your hosts, I'm Mary Gaines, and this is Chris Wagoner. Hi. Thank you all for coming. We're really excited to be here finally with Mr. Dave Stoller.
was beautiful. What, what was that called? That was called Chicha's Basa. Oh, that was on the sheet right here that I might have sat in on. Oh, okay. And I had the guts and w didn't want to just listen. Well, I gave you the chords. And <laughs> you did. Yeah. You did your part. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that a fairly new tune? Uh, actually, no. I, I wrote that uh, about 10 years ago. Okay. And I wrote it um, for uh, a band I play with regularly at the Cardinal Bar. Uh, this is the uh, Tony Castaneda Latin Jazz Sextet. And uh, they've been a fairly regular um, featured group on Sunday nights. Um, uh, and we've been there now for uh, 10 years total, yeah. although we did take a two-year sabbatical and um, started playing there again about a year ago. So it was 10 years, take a break, and now you're back? Uh, correct. Correct. Yeah, I mean, that's a long, that's been a long run, very popular. Well, mm -hmm. the club actually kind of revamped, though, between there, didn't they? Well, um, yeah, the uh, original club owner is now um, back in charge, Ricardo Gonzalez, and he has done an excellent job um, kind of getting things back in order. And so um, since uh, he uh, was a fan of the group, he's elected to keep us, uh, you know, on our regular Sunday yeah. night. And it's, it's, it's wild. If, you, if you're in town, you definitely need to ch check out the uh, uh, Tony Castaneda Latin Jazz Sextet because it's, uh, you think you're in uh, Havana or something. I mean, it's, it's really a smoking group. It's a big band, a fairly large band, a couple, at least two horns. Right. We started out as a trio, um, and since then, of course, it's, it's expanded to a, a, a six-piece group. And uh, so now it's like a horn-based group, and... Uh, it's, you know, the gig is a lot of fun. Uh, people come to dance and listen and, uh, you know, have a beverage. Um, and uh, it's, it's been great. We're, we're talking, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Dave Stoller, who has been, uh, well, a fixture on the Madison jazz scene, Madison music scene for a long time, 20 We kind of went to college together. 20x years, yes. 20x yeah. years, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. I mean, I've been playing professionally now yeah. for about 30 years, okay. so... Um, you know, I feel like, I mean, Madison, in a sense, has, uh, you know, certainly gone through changes on the local music front, but, um, you know, lately I've been feeling a little bit more optimistic, even, uh, I mean, certainly there are reasons not to feel optimistic, <laughs> but, um, but um, I, I do feel like, you know, for a city this size, Madison still has a lot of great... Uh, options available music. Yeah, if you listen to the, any of the jazz shows on Wart, for instance, on 89.9 FM, um, or any of the shows, and they give the folk mm -hmm. calendar or the jazz calendar or whatever, that goes on for quite some time. It's like, right. wow, there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff on. going on. And uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's great because it, sh it, it shows that, um, you know, people are willing to, um, you know, support local music, and um, hopefully that'll be the case, you know, down the road. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming out. Thank you. <laughs> We're clapping for the audience here. Yes. It's interesting. Um, the hear, hearing a little clinking of some... We're, we're at a restaurant, essentially. We're here at the Brink Lounge. And, uh, but sort of the, the quintessential, I think, of a, a piano, uh, pianist playing in a restaurant, whatever. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is kind of stereotypical, but uh, you must... Have, you've done a fair bit of this, too, right? You, you have a regular gig at the Samba Brazilian gig. Uh, That's grill. true. I'm there on here. Wednesdays, and... Um, <laughs> That's, uh, that's a fun gig as well. Um, certainly it's, um, I mean, it's, it's also, uh, you know, the focus is really on, you know, the restaurant. And so, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm sort of an aspect of the whole 
thing, but it, uh, it's been a great gig and I can um, sort of choose my own material and yeah. uh, it's been fun. Yeah, sometimes being background can be liberating. Yeah, well you can, you know, you, you're still, uh, like I say, you're still choosing your own material. Right. And, um, yeah. you know, there are, uh, generally there are, you know, always people um, listening, you know, and, um, but that kind of brings up another um, point. I think that a lot of musicians, um, you know, need to be very circumspect about, you know, when they're, when they're very serious about presenting their material, they need to be very um, proactive about what kind of environment they're presenting them in. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, not to jump around too much, but uh, yeah. I mean, you guys, we've been friends, you know, for some time. And um, well put. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, you, the, uh, some years ago, uh, there were rooms in Madison which um, catered to the listening aspect. And I, th I don't think that's something that can be understated because uh, in order for music to be appreciated, the environment needs to be correct uh, so that people can get the maximum um, amount of uh, enjoyment and um, you know get the just yeah. be able to get a um, get the maximum value from the experience and so you know in this day and age when you know we have a lot of distractions and um, you know, people's attention spans potentially are uh, less than they might have been in in past times. You know, I think it's that's an important thing to consider. And so um, that's why I say I'm hoping, you know, that uh, if another space does open, you know, and um, certainly the Brink is an example of a great uh, listening space, um, but if another space does open, that they'll consider the acoustic aspects, yeah. So yeah. that you know, once the acoustic aspects are considered, it's like you can then um, everything else you know will fall into place. You know. Yeah, I've always wished that too. Yeah. So you know, and um, I don't think that's necessarily a uh, pipe dream. I think that um, you know, certainly. I mean, we're at a place now, a point now where you know somebody who really had a you know if they had the correct vision. Um, for that type of space, um, I think could easily create something like that in Madison. And um, so, you know, I'm, in that sense, I'm, you know, optimistic that that could and happen. And market it correctly to get, yeah. to get people yeah. All that out. stuff, right. Yeah. yeah. So we're hearing songs tonight from you. Uh, you have a CD out. It's been out for a while, but Urban Legends. Yes. Out on CD Baby, iTunes, and, mm -hmm. and various other places, and I assume around Madison. Mm -hmm. You said you have another one coming out or that you're working on, probably going to be out in the spring. I'm hoping to have it ready in the spring, okay. you know. Um, we'll call you. We'll those of us who are musicians uh, and uh, even who know musicians know that, um, you know, certainly when you're putting out a, uh, a product, um, you know, that uh, you want to make sure that, um, you know, you have, you know, you want to make sure that the budget is, you know, lined up and that... Um, so I, I, I basically want to make sure that... Um, in, you know, that before I come up with the concept that I can afford to do the concept. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, wait, I'm going to write this down. Yeah. i got to grab a pen here. Right. The, yeah. Yep. We've always missed one of those steps in there yeah. when we've been doing it. Like, 
I think, which which I think step was that? Um, the one that's hurting that the country. It's money. called credit. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, you know, I mean, yeah. you, so you know, you just you max out one credit card. And <laughs> we usually you book the CD release party yeah. first, sure, and that that kicks our butts to actually get <laughs> done with the recording, you know. Yeah. That's so, um, but at any rate, I, um, you know, my hope is to, uh, uh, I, you know, I have um, an ongoing relationship with uh, some old friends who are, um, you know, based in New York, and um, <clears throat> so my hope is to, um, you know, get out there and um, do another recording project, yeah. um, you know, by the, you know, I would hope by the late spring. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you have another tune? Definitely want to talk about more about New York, though. Sure. And your involvement there. Sure. Uh, well, the next tune I'm going to play, um, and I actually brought a lead sheet because, you know, I, sometimes my memory, uh, you know, I, sometimes what I do is I make up other chords on the fly. You know, that's what no. jazz musicians do. So Nobody would know. Um, uh, so this is a tune written around the same time as Cheech's Bassa called Blink. And um, this uh, tune was recorded uh, uh, I did it as a trio um, recording, and it's actually um, presented on my MySpace page uh, for the time being, and um, uh, at some point it may be released in a more, um, you know, conventional manner. And uh, so this is a tune that I wrote, um, I don't know, I uh, uh, after, you know, playing with um, Tony's group for many years, you know, it's like, you, it, it, it once you start thinking Latin, you know, you just, you want to sort of explore all the possibilities. So this tune also has, that tune that we just did, you know, it was more of a bossa nova, I guess. And this tune is um, also Latin, but with a little bit faster tempo. And um, so this is called Blink.
hear that. Sure. <laughs> One of the things I've always really found fascinating about Latin music is that their jazz has everything in it that we do, only mm-hmm. more different rhythms. More differenter. More differenter. Right. Well, you know, it's, uh, uh, most of it is based on clave. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the interesting thing is that, in a sense, clave, if you listen to, like, a conventional jazz recording, um, clave, I feel like, is actually sort of built into um, what we hear in um, American jazz. In fact... Can you describe what clave is? Yeah, well, you know, you, uh, the, the two um, sort of basic clave patterns that everybody um, sort of relates to in, um, on the Latin scene are uh, both... One is called 2-3, which sounds like this. So if your tempo is 1, 2, 3, 4, it's 1. Okay, and then three two is uh, this one two three four. So when you're listening to Latin music, um, particularly dance music, you don't always hear the clave, um, and in the more uh, you know conventional. Um, uh, recordings that are out there, it's, it's implied. And, um, you know, as, as Latin music has evolved, um, there's been um, certainly, the, you know, the, the envelope has definitely been pushed um, so that uh, in some cases you have to work a little harder to sort of either hear the clave or in some cases the clave might actually, if it's a, if it's a jazz, you know, uh, rendering, uh, the clave might actually switch mm-hmm. within the arrangement. But um, uh, I kind of had a um, paradigm shift some years back when I was listening to a jazz recording, and um, I, it was like I was listening to the ride cymbal for whatever reason, and, and I started hearing clave instead of the ride pattern. So that's when I knew like I had sort of temporarily jumped ship to, to that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and for, for largely Western audiences, yeah. I mean, I'm from Iowa, you know, if I try to Latin dance, I'll break a hip. Right. You know, I just don't, I don't move that way. Yeah, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't have enough vertebrae or something. But, you know, I, it's, it's cool when you hear some of these, I'm sure this is obviously a, a particular type of, uh, of thing, a different clavier or whatever, but like the role of the bass, we're so used to as being just rock solid, like rock and roll, you know, it's holding down the... Exactly. The well, it's yeah. still, it's like, I've, you know, it's still dum, anchored, dum, dum. Yeah. but it's anchored in a different way. I mean, you have, you know, the bass is um, essentially playing uh, a, an ostinato, a repeated pattern that, um, uh, you know, configures to the clave uh-huh. so that you have, um, I mean, what, like, for instance, in what's called a zone, you know, the bass is always yeah. anticipating yeah. Um, just slightly so that it always has a sense of movement and direction. Yeah. And, um, you and know, it can course, be really disconcerting if, to the yeah. Western ear. It's like, boom, doom, 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 exactly. doom, doom. You're going, where's one? Right. <laughs> Everybody know? feels like they're uh, you know, in that uh, vertigo scene in the Alfred Hitchcock movie. <laughs> you know? yeah. So um, 
but uh, but that's what makes it uh, you know unique and uh, makes it a great uh, you know idiom for for dancing and yeah. uh, also vehicle for improvisation. Well, hey, we, we want to foray into here too for people that don't know you. We're talking to Dave Stoller. It's S T O L E R. Mm -hmm. Just go to davestoller.com for more info, and he's on MySpace as well. Probably. Yeah, I'm still actually. I'm I'm kind of late in the uh, technology game in the sense of. Uh, you know this this website I just recently uh, started putting together with the help of a very good friend of mine, and um, so uh, the website is in development. And uh, in the coming weeks, you know, there's going to be more information. Um, I have a uh, I think I mentioned to you I uh, have a gig coming up uh, in November um, that's going to be with my trio at uh, a little club in New York City called Smalls and. Uh, Smalls has the, um, I think, honorary distinction of being one of the few high-profile clubs in New York that uses a, um, uh, a streaming video component to their website. So um, any, any one of you who, if you're a jazz fan, if you want to hear great jazz, uh, just go to uh, smallsjazzclub.com and um, you just um, go to the video section of the website and um, most of the artists who play there um, allow their groups to be streamed. Occasionally, there are there artists who you know feel like it's um, you know sort of a conflict of interest. But but most of the bands will allow allow that. So um, you know that's that's great for you know people like me who are coming in from out of town. I want you know friends of mine back home to be able to see the gig. Yeah, Smalls Jazz Club. So just mm -hmm. go to Smalls. What's the website? Smallsjazzclub.com. Okay. Yeah. And what's the date? Um, I'm doing that gig on, uh, it's Tuesday, November 9th. Okay, probably okay. Be on the website on davestoller.com. Yeah, 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 it's going to be up there. Well, you have another interesting feature I noticed, uh, hopefully coming up on the website, downloadable sheet music, mm -hmm. right, of, in, of your compositions? Yeah, I take it? so I'm going to, um, you know, the, the tunes you heard tonight uh, and... Um, some other ones that I'm still sort of sifting through uh, will be available, you know, for purchase. You know, for those of you that, um, you know, like what you hear. You capitalist pig. Par pardon? <laughs> yeah. like, no, I'm just kidding. I called you a capitalist pig, but yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I mean that in the nicest way possible. <laughs> we all are. We all are. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, anyway, I don't want to get too political. <laughs> we, we could go there. Uh, well, I love it. I love it that um, as a musician, especially a solo guy who also plays in bands, you have to be a complete business person. You have to know how to do computer stuff. You have to learn how to download and write all your music right. on the computer, which I still, I'm quicker by hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can actually with the with the program I'm using, which is Finale, mm -hmm. you can actually attach any MIDI uh, compatible instrument to the program, and um, the, I, uh, I have not yet gotten a MIDI compatible cello, but oh, it's available. I mean, I, you can I'm actually sure put are. a pickup on it. That well, the pickup's there already, and then you just put the MIDI adapter on there, and then what you play will appear on the computer screen. Wow! Yeah. Let's do it. Remember, Chris, daydreaming Christmas about is coming. That when Christmas I was like, is coming. Yeah. Just ask. All you got to do is ask. <laughs> <laughs> we have checks left, so we must have some money. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're anyway. taking donations. Yeah. <laughs> In 2009, you were you were uh, the Isthmus uh, local music paper here, um, is or well local entertainment magazine, 
Isthmus Jazz Personality of the Year. That's yes. pretty cool. I didn't know that. That's, that's great. Kudos. Well, you know, I, I guess if you stick around long enough, eventually uh, they, <laughs> they throw you a bone, you know? You deserve it. I mean, you've played with so many different people around here. You've been um, um, just part of a lot of, of, of great groups. And, um, yeah, I think did, if you were around long enough... Did you get, like, enough, the key of the city or key to the city? No, uh, they, they uh, actually gave it to me the night of the um, performance of the... Uh, uh, the keynote group that was uh, playing that night, I believe it was David Sanchez that year, and uh, but it was nice, you know, and um, you know, it w I mean, certainly it's um, it's nice to get some uh, you know artistic validation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think I mentioned to you recently, um, well, a few weeks ago, I had sort of you know how some weeks everything just kind of happens in that particular week and. Um, that's kind of what took place because uh, I had um, uh, a friend of mine who's a, an amazing world-class saxophonist come into Madison and he performed with me at Jazz at Five. His name is Rich Perry and he's actually on my um, uh, original uh, CD, uh, Urban Legends. And Rich, um, uh, you know, he doesn't have a huge internet presence but he's really a an amazing um, saxophonist. He uh, currently plays with um, several Grammy-winning groups, including Maria Schneider and uh, the Vanguard Jazz Orchestra. Okay. So, um, so he came in and we did the Jazz at Five gig, and then we also did a, a, a duo gig um, at the uh, Steinway Gallery of Madison. And, um, and then the same week, uh, uh, another gig took place uh, just next door here at the um, uh, High Noon Saloon, uh, and that was with um, 20 music, about 20 musicians, and it was co-organized with Dave Adler, mm -hmm. and we did like a Steely Dan tribute, um, and so we're hoping to do that again locally, you know, um, before the end of the year. And that's really challenging stuff. I remember looking at the the music they that they print out to give to the piano player that has the chord charts for the mm -hmm. guitar on top. And you can't play those chords. They're well, like, you know. <laughs> it's you true, you know. And in fact, uh, yeah, one of the tunes is called uh, Pretzel Logic, uh, one of their uh -huh. more well-known blues tunes. And, uh, you know, that probably applies to some of the harmonies, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you've also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I heard you, you're playing with Richard Davis now, too. Well, uh, Richard and I played together uh, for the 100th anniversary of uh, Mary Lou Williams' birth, which is still ongoing, um, and uh, I believe there's uh, um, a fairly major concert coming up at Overture um, at the end of the month, uh, although I don't have the date right in front of me. But uh, we did, we did uh, play together for that, and it was a lot of fun. Richard is, you know, he's 80 years old now, and he's... Um, still uh, an amazing musician, an amazing yeah. person. Yeah. We should let you play. Sorry, we've been oh, okay. taking up your valuable playing time here, too. Well, maybe we, maybe we could play together. Let's do it. Okay. I think we talked about playing a blues, so that's, that's good home turf to work from. <laughs> Start us off? Sure. Okay. Sure. 
with Mad Toast Blues. Right. Right there. The Mad Toast Blues on the brink. Yeah, right? just like we rehearsed it. <laughs> on the brink, that's yeah, good. Like yeah. Hey, we have probably time for uh, one more or two more, a couple more. Oh, okay. Um, Is that cool? Sure. Did you have anything in mind? Or? Nope. Oh, <laughs> well, neither did I. Your call. Okay. Well, no, another quick thing here before we let you go, though. Okay. Mr. Dave Stoller here. You can go to davestoller.com. Um, semi-finalist and Thelonious Monk uh, uh, piano competition, a couple different things, right? Mm-hmm. The American Jazz Piano Competition, mm-hmm. Jacksonville Jazz Piano Competition. Right. Uh, probably pretty fairly intense experience, I imagine. Yeah, they, you know, they all happened at different, uh, different times. Uh, uh, the Jacksonville thing happened uh, a couple years ago, and... Uh, and that was fun. I mean, they were all, you know, fun and uh, educational. Yeah. Speaking of educational, though, we, we've alluded a few times to we go way back. We go back, you know. We all went to different schools together and everything. And, uh, but we, we were at the UW. And I remember an early jazz experience for us. And you were playing a bunch of different places, I think, at the time. But wasn't it called the Casbah? Uh, what was it called? I remember it was right off of State Street. It was a little jazz club. We'd all go there, congregate. We'd uh, sit on the floor because there wasn't enough chairs. Once a week. We're getting puzzled looks from it was, by day. It was Dave like a little, a little jam session. There was an upright piano. It was a very small place, and a lot of the jazz music students, we'd all go there. Well, there was... Uh, do you remember where it was exactly? Well, it was off of State Street and, uh, I think, Peace Park. The head, you'd go up in there. What was it called? Amy's Cafe. Oh, no, it wasn't well, Amy's. I did play there. No. No, nope. no, it was right next to By where the Urban towers. Outfitters. Next to Urban Outfitters. Oh, it was down. There. Oh, that was the Madison Inn. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that was, that was, that was the Madison place. Inn. But that was an interesting scene because we'd all crowd in there, you know. Yeah. And some of us were just kind of getting our feet wet and, and getting used to uh, improvising in front of people and stuff. And some some people like you, I think, mm-hmm. were really uh, experienced at it already. And you know, you're all in there, you know. And, and uh, who else is there? Hans Sturm, usually on Upright. Yeah, I mean, it was, like you say, you know, all the guys that were in school at the time. Uh, I mean, Hans comes to mind. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Tom Barnett. He was mm-hmm. a saxophonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, still is, actually. He's a, an attorney now on the West Coast, uh, but also plays saxophone. And um, Yeah, Dave Stanek, yeah. Jay Vatuk mm-hmm. played mm-hmm. guitar. I remember we had a little gig... Um, that uh, uh, I, maybe I still have the poster for it somewhere, but um, uh, Joel Adams, who's um, a very accomplished uh, jazz trombonist who now lives in uh, Chicago and has his own groups, um, he uh, is also a very accomplished artist. So he uh, did this amazing um, poster, and he was always really creative with his drawings. And uh, so, but he gave us all. Um, sort of medieval names on the poster. <laughs> what, so, was, your, what uh, was yours? Uh, well, you know, back then, um, I'm, well, this is a whole other story, but, I, you know, in the early 80s, there was a production of Hair, mm-hmm. the, the musical Hair, and so a bunch of us um, were part of the uh, pit orchestra, and uh, we were all supposed to dress up like hippies, you know? And so... I can't picture you as well that's because I was you know they really you know had to kind of you know they had to give me like a a a wig with long hair and wrap around you know sunglasses Mm -hmm. and the whole thing Uh, might have been a dashiki involved I can't really remember but uh, so back then uh, my 
character, according, uh, a good friend of mine at the time uh, gave me the nickname Biff. So oh, that's, that's where that came that's from. That's where that's that's the story of that nickname. Yeah, because we've known right. we've known Dave as yeah. Biff for for a lot since long. since then. Yeah. I, I love it. This is we, this is one reason we love. I this always show. wanted we to know where anything. that came from. Yeah, yeah that's, okay. that was the that was the source of that. Okay. And so, um, yeah. So uh, in, on the poster, it said uh, the Earl of Biff on uh, Portative <laughs> Organ. You know, aren't you and glad then, that didn't stick? Uh, well, it's, it did actually. Yeah, well, I mean, Paulie Ryan still calls me Biff, and yeah. Richard, and so there's a small nucleus of people that still are yeah. keeping that nickname alive. So I stopped it a few years ago. For some reason, it didn't seem seem right anymore. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have any control over uh, <laughs> how that works. But uh, right. yeah. Uh, so um, hey, do you remember that chili recipe you gave me one time? <laughs> no. Oh darn. I, uh, you know, but uh, at any rate, um, before I went to the, uh, before I went to the uh, that monk thing, I was, uh, I did uh, my graduate work down at the University of Miami, and uh, that's a uh, really amazing program, which um, uh, I'm happy to say is still. Uh, very thriving as a as uh, academic institutions go. So if you know anyone um, who is a uh, budding you know jazz artist or really has uh, an interest, um, uh, their curriculum is is still great. I just visited down there earlier this year, and um, but it was um, that was a great experience, and um, in a lot of ways that kind of gave me the motivation and focus to keep mm -hmm. playing. You know. Who are you listening to right now that's, that's really kicking you on? Well, you know, it's funny because there's a lot of, um, uh, I mean, there are a lot of great artists that keep coming out of the woodwork. I mean, yeah. I think that's just the nature of, of the jazz idiom and, you know, music in general. But um, uh, so, you know, every so often I'll hear somebody who just is an amazing performer and um, uh, sometimes, you know, it's weird. Sometimes you don't, if you're listening on the radio, they don't always tell you who it is. Um, but there, there, it seems like there is a lot of great um, keyboardists now, more so now than even a few years ago. Um, so I would just recommend, uh, you know, for people who are interested, to just sort of, um, you know, look for uh, jazz reviews online. Um, you know, and um, because you know that's the you know the great. One of the great uh, benefits of the internet is, you know, the information is is right there, and we can find out about yeah. people that would have been, you know, remained uh, sort of um, sheltered, you know. Um, but you know, in terms of what I'm listening to now, it's funny because uh, to prepare for this uh, gig in November, um, I was kind of I decided I wanted to go back and kind of look over some material that I used to kind of look at and. Um, Back when I was in college, uh, I was really um, focused on uh, Bill Evans' last trio, um, and I just kind of made it a point to uh, try to find as many uh, live recordings of that group as I could, some of which weren't even you know, commercially released. You had to just sort of look for them. And um, so... Um, well, that answers one of my, mm -hmm. my last sort of cheesy talk show question, which I have yeah. to ask, or Mary may have asked you, but 
if you could name one, your main big influence? Well, that's you know, that's, that, that's kind of hard to say. Yeah. I mean, you know, because at different times sure. you, you, you get focused on different players. I mean, I can remember when I was, um, even before I was uh, in high school, I, and this, you know, maybe this is still how it works now, I don't know, with, with some people, but with the internet, you know, everything's so accessible. But I remember going to um, the West Side, uh, the Meadow Ridge Library, and um, there were three records there that um, I just kept checking out uh, of the library for about four years, and uh, it kind of created this anchor mm -hmm. for what I wanted to do, and the three records were um, the Oscar Peterson Trio's Night Train mm -hmm. album, which I still think is one of the best trio albums of all time. Oscar uh, in the jazz Peterson? Um, yeah. I mean, I mean uh, um, uh, Niels Henning? No, actually, this was his, his first trio. Okay. This, was, this album was recorded in 1962. I shouldn't say it's his first trio, because he originally had a trio with guitar, uh, with Herb Ellis, but then this was the first trio with drums that uh, was signed to a record label, and that was with Ray Brown and yeah. Ed Thigpen. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, so that album really um, sort of got me dialed into the idea, you know, of a, uh, you know, of doing jazz, you know. And, um, and then um, another album, which I was listening to around the same time, uh, which is now, um, I mean, many incarnations later, is part of a box set on the Mosaic label. Um, and that would be, uh, the, in, in the incarnation I heard, it was... Count Basie, uh, Echoes of an Era, and there were selections from when he was on the Roulette label. Oh. And that album, uh, I mean, you listen to it and you realize that, you know, big band music, um, both in the way it's, it's written, at, in that, uh, in the way it was presented, uh, is a very, um, you know, specific language. And... Um, even though you know a lot of those charts, some of them are commercially available. Um, it uh, you know years later, I realized that for uh, that music to sound the way it does, I mm -hmm. mean these guys were out there, you know, on the road for sometimes decades, and so that's how, you know, I mean the music doesn't just sort of come out of thin air. There's like, you know, there's sacrifice involved, and then. Um, I was just going to, since we're talking about, um, you know, records or recordings. Um, yeah, what was the third? You said there were three. Oh, the third was uh, Dexter Gordon, um, uh, Live at Montmar, Volume okay. 2. And uh, I didn't actually hear Volume 1 until some years later. But yeah. uh, again, that was a live recording with yeah. Dexter Gordon's, um, one of his best quartets ever. And um, I was lucky enough to see Dexter Gordon here in Madison at... Uh, the um, you know now um, long closed Merlins, mm. and um, so that was an experience. But then in in high school, um, you know how sometimes you you hear recordings that you know because back you know when you're in high school, you know you're still sort of vulnerable to um, you know new influences, and so I remember I was at music clinic and. I went into a, a used record store and picked up um, a promotional copy of the Weather Report album, Heavy Weather. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, I remember putting it on the record, and I, I literally felt like my my <laughs> neurosynapses were being rewired in real time. And and that was one of my yeah. favorite records in high school yeah. too. Yeah, and it's still it's still yeah. just a you know in the in that idiom is you know it's still yeah. a benchmark. And of course, around, uh, I think a year earlier, the Steely Dan album Asia came out, which yeah. is also a, a great album. So you know, I think everybody who is you know sticks with it. Over time, you know the recordings they gravitate to, you know, cre you know, create their identity in some ways. You like what you like for a reason. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something, something in you. We have time for one more. Do you? Do you have another? One more tune. Yeah. Um, another. Actually, I didn't. Ha I didn't okay. have anything else. So. Okay. You know, that well, let's 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 uh, let's take them out a little bit. Let's take them out. Okay. Let's take them down. Okay. You want me to just? Uh, yeah. Play one of my uh, more recent tunes. Or something? Sure. Okay. Mr. Dave Stoller, you can go to davestoller.com, that's D-A-V-E-S-T-O-L-E-R, davestoller.com, and uh, thank you all for coming, thank you Mr. Andy Lavalley from Bear Sound, a podcast producer and uh, broadcast producer and audio engineer here, thanks to the Brink Lounge and W-O-R-T 89.9. On, and WORTHD right here in Madison, Wisconsin and thank you all for listening tonight <laughs>